Welcome to the No Plan B podcast. My name is Rene Weimann, and with me today, Montreal Scott, and as always, my co-host, Jumpin' Joe Asbury. Please introduce our guest. What's going on, Rene? Good to see you again. Ladies and gentlemen, hailing out of Dallas, Texas, a walking bucket for sure, can give anybody buckets. Love this dude's game. Love to live through this dude, to watch him go out there with that swag. They say everything's big in, in Texas and dot gamut. This boy got big time game. What's going on, man? Mr. Scott, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Nice to be here today, man. You know, as you yeah. say, bucket, that's what I am. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. It's, it's our pleasure, man. It's our pleasure. So uh, let's let's talk about it, dog. Let's let's speak on it. Um, how did this wonderful basketball journey for you begin, bro? Um, man, I really I picked up basketball when I was like five years old, and from five years old, I mean, from five years old to twenty-seven now, it's just basketball has been like my safe haven. Like I go to it. That's that's what I do. I love it. I put X amount of hours into it, and you know, it just it, it repays me for what I put into it. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's it's, it's been a long journey, 22 years going on now. So, I mean, I'm still trying to add on at least five to seven more years, and then, you know, tap into something else. Yeah, for sure, man. That's that's good that you said that too, because uh, you know, a lot of times, especially I can remember when I was a pro, I never even thought down range of of what would come next, you know what I mean? I always just thought, okay, I'm gonna be able to dunk on people forever. So I'm glad that you touched on that, that you already thinking about, you know, how it's all gonna play out. But but let's back it up though. Let's talk about, uh, so did you play like uh, AAU or was it, um, you know, did you start like a little boys club, boys and girls club, or how, how did it all begin? Yeah, so um, like uh, my, my uncle introduced me to basketball. Like my uncle was my coach up until maybe I was in the 10th grade. So we had a team out here called Dallas Mustangs, which I mean, everybody probably knows about them. You know, I played with them up until I was probably in the say sixth grade. And then we, we merged to our own called Metro Mustangs, which my uncle started. So from like sixth, seventh grade to like 10th grade, I played with Metro Mustangs. It's an AU team. You know, we, we traveled the world we playing like an AU Nationals. We found an AU circuit. We had, you know, we had some of the top guys on my team to go D1, you know, major D2. And then from um, from 10th grade on – well, 10th grade and 11th grade, I played with um, uh, DFW Urban Elite, which is um, Jazzy. Uh, it's, just, it's this man called Jazzy, well, named Jazzy. He's over the, the whole organization. You know, who's on the Adidas circuit. So we sponsored by Adidas. You know, we played in every Adidas tournament. I think – playing AU basketball, man, I traveled the world so much. Like, it was, it, you probably would catch me at home maybe like two months after 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 year. Coming out of high school, I'm traveling, traveling. So, yeah, I mean, I played AU basketball up until, you know, it was time for me to go to college. I played with Dallas Mustangs, then Metro Mustangs, and then ended up finishing with Urban DFW League. So, yeah, I've been playing for a minute when it comes to the, the, the AU circuit. It's different. Hey, that's, that's beautiful, dog. And let's let's talk about that too, because uh, you know, back in the days when I played, we had like also the little that's what was the beginning of the AAU thing. And I went down to Vegas, man, and was and was dunking everything. And that's how I got really highly recruited for my for my D1 looks. But uh, but fast forward to your era, man. I was on everything, bro. I mean, when you were playing in that time, 
during AAU, didn't you feel like a pro? Because it's like you get a, for me, you get a pro feel. It's like you traveling, you know what it's like to get on the team, you know, grab all your gear, you on the bus, y'all flying. I mean, I thought that they, they really treated you guys, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like you started to get that feel like, yo, you know what? I, I think I can do this. I might be able to get paid to do this. Yeah, most definitely. You know, like, I mean, when you're in middle school and, you know, grade school, you're not thinking like that. You just have to hoop and, like, this, this, you just want to have fun. But, like, once it got to high school, I'm like, I'm like, dang, like, we really can, we're getting all the gear we want. We don't pay for nothing, you know, sponsored by Adidas all throughout my high school um, AU career. So it's like, it's just love. Like, like you say, the, the being around your teammates, the traveling every weekend, every week, like, it's different. And mind you, I didn't really take basketball serious until I was a junior high school. And a lot of people don't know that. Like a junior high school. So when I'm a junior, I'm like, oh yeah, this this what I wanna do. Like, yeah, like, okay. We get the gear, yeah. we get the travel, they you know, they pay for everything, we eat good. So yeah, man, that that really started forming shaping my mind to like, okay, this what this what pro life is, you know what I'm saying? But I'm still young, but I'm like, okay, I see little glimpses of how it's gonna be, you know, once I get to that pro level. So it was it was definitely nice. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So let's fast forward. Let's let's talk about the college scene, man. How did you enjoy that? I know that must have been I, everybody I talked to, man. Most dudes who play D one, man, they always say it was like, uh, you know, the the best times of their lives. I mean, I played D one myself at Pepperdine, but I made so many off the court mistakes, man, and so much bullshit. But at the same time, it was really, man, like one of the best times of my life, bro. So let's talk about that. How was college for you? Uh, college was, man, college was, it was fun, man. It was fun. Like, I went to, uh, Prairie University. It's, like, right outside of Houston, Texas. Um, I came in, I came in as a freshman, you know. I was the only freshman on the team. So, it's, like, I'm getting the freshman duties. I'm, I'm the rookie. Like, no, you got to do this. You got to do this. You can't be late to nothing. Like, because <laughs> you, like, you be late, or you, you kicked off the team. Like, because... They expect you, you're a freshman, you ain't got nothing to prove. You ain't proven nothing yet. So you, you got to come in with that that grit. Like, okay, I'm about to prove myself. I'm about to try to get playing time. And I think, like, my freshman year was probably my toughest year in college, really just adjusting to the whole college scene, classes, different basketball, traveling a lot. And um, I, I tell my story all the time. Like, I got, I got cut my freshman year. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got cut. Because I wasn't applying the books to, you know, when it comes to basketball. Like, the basketball part was there, but, like, when it came to books, I was like, man, forget school. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you on the D1, you know, kids, they're like, man, forget school. Like, I'm just – I'm here to hoop. And that's my mindset was. I'm like, okay, I'm here to hoop. Like, I ain't going to class. So, you know, we get to my sophomore year, and um, Coach called me back. He's like, I need one chance to, you know, prove yourself. And like that. From that point on, it was like my mind just it, it it transformed into a different human being. Like I focused more on class, I, you know, I focused more on basketball. Like my head coach was like my dad away from home. So with that, with him being my head coach for basketball, and then also making sure that I was straight as a man, like really just pushed me to like be who I am today. And college was. Like, college was different, man. Like, we traveled everywhere. Like, we played the top teams. We played – I done played against probably 15-plus NBA players that's in the league right now. And I gave them buckets. 
Yes, like, sir. Say it then. Say my, it, buddy. Say it. Numbers <laughs> will show that I gave them buckets. Like I think my the, my biggest game that I probably had while in college was against UCLA. I gave UCLA thirty. Preach. Who, who was on that team? Uh, Cal Anderson was on the team. Jordan Adams, Norman Powell, Zach Levine. Uh, and then a lot of great players there. Right. Oh my God, like, Zach Levine is <laughs> flying. Who's that's in the league right now? Like, yeah, Cal Anderson is still in the league, and he's nice. Mm. Yeah, they don't call him. They don't call him slow mo for nothing. Like he played the same way he played in college. So it's like, I brag about that. You know what I'm saying? Not to just boost the boast, but it's just like. I've been in them situations. Like I, I didn't gave these dudes buckets. Like it ain't yeah. nothing. It's just who you know and what you know at the end of the day. So yeah, man, that college, like I said, college was it was good. We made it to you know the conference championship. My last three years, we we couldn't get over that hump of winning it. But the experience I had with my teammates, man, was it, it will forever live within me. Like my teammates that I graduated with, my senior, like we're all best friends to this to this day just because of that relationship we grew while we were in college. So yeah, college was, it was, it was fun, but it was also, you know, a learning point for me too, as growing as a man. Yeah, that's great, man. That's great. So let's, let's fast forward to now, man. How, how's it feel to be a pro? I mean, I know you gotta be happy that you can, you know, I used to always say, I mean, you travel all over, you've been to a few different countries and it's yeah. like, for me personally, I always thought it was like a paid vacation. You getting paid to do what you love to do, and you go to different countries, and, and you're a paid, you're like a hired hitman. So let's talk about how you feeling right now as a pro, man. Man, I feel good, man. I mean, I'm going into, you know, year six. You guys say the same, but it's just like, man, five years went by that fast. And like, you you don't really know it, because you just playing, you playing, you enjoy, you enjoying it. So it's like, dang, I'm really, I'm really five years in. Like, I'm a vet now. Like, yeah. <laughs> to me, it's a fit. So, man, pro pro life is, is it's amazing, man. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. Because a lot of people I know, a lot of friends I know, they don't get to travel the world, period. I'm traveling the world. I'm doing what I love. And I'm getting paid for it. So, what more can you ask for? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's definitely a blessing. For sure. You said that you said that right, bro. It's a blessing. And uh, so I'm gonna let my man Renee take over. I wanted to first of all I gotta tell Renee, man, Renee, you would be really proud of me. You know, yesterday I told you that I wasn't getting my cardio in, man. And you know, even though I was getting top heavy, I was getting real swollen, looking muscular, I was starting to get fat, bro. And jumping Joe can't do that. So I went for a run yesterday and uh, I gotta tell you, Mr. Scott, my man Renee, he uh he he trains uh basketball players, but also, his specialty is with uh, track and field athletes. So I just okay. had to share that with him that I got my cardio in today and, and got yeah. my run in yesterday. I hope I hope he's proud of me, Renee. I really hope you're proud of me. So I'll let you take over now, homeboy. <laughs> yeah, I am proud of you. Uh, we just had a few quick chats before before we started. He told me I ran like eight eight rounds on that track, which is like two miles. And yeah. the first mile, the first mile, the first four rounds was really good, felt really good. And then the fifth round, he, he slowly collapsed into some, <laughs> some piece of human being that was just moving around. <laughs> OG is about to die out there, man. <laughs> no, nice, nice. It's, it's, it was a hard time for all of us, tough time for all of us with the, with the virus thing that was going on um, or that is still going on. 
and uh yeah for a lot of players this is a very hard time because a lot of them are used to practice almost every day used to take shots used to go to the weight room most things are closed and yeah it's always interesting when we have guests right now to just listen the story from your point of view like how was it for you you've been you've been in germany in march in the beginning of march yeah at some point i guess some practice was canceled or some game and yeah how was that for you what do you remember how 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 was the decision of uh leaving to to the us because i know some players stayed in their countries in france yeah. germany whatever and some just tried to get out of uh europe as fast as possible to get to their family to get back to the to the states yeah how how was that for you this whole story I mean, it's funny you mention it because once i think the week before we actually found out about um the whole corona the whole covid thing like we had just we had just played Intero and we won and the next weekend we was going into um i think playoffs so i think monday or tuesday we get we had practice monday and tuesday was they they sent a message like um yeah practice is canceled because of corona so we like me and Anel, we like man it's it's not really serious you know when you first hear about something like it's not serious so mm. i mean you know a couple of days go by and um they was like yeah they, they decided to you know forego the season and cancel it so Once we heard that, we was like, man, so like we gonna stay or we gonna leave? And I mean, I was gonna stay. Like I was gonna stay to maybe like the end of March and then go home. But once Trump had said something about the 30 day ban of traveling from like Europe, like my parents had called and was like, um, do you need help getting home with the woo? And I was like, no, nah, not really. I'm good. Like we don't do nothing. Like we good. We we go get our groceries and we come back home like it's not like we out exposed to it but at the same time you know you, it's, it's better to be home be safe with your family so i made the decision i made the decision maybe like a week after we um found out like omar asked us if we wanted to go home omar's the gm for swim he asked if we wanted to go home and was like i was like it's fine it's cool so i think i left maybe like like i said a week after i found out and you know i made it i got home it was it was no There was no way, no nothing. You know, I got home, they tested me and and was like self-quarantined for like 14 days. But I felt fine. It's just at the same time, you want to be on the safe side with your family. So that's my whole biggest thing. It's like just getting back home to my family. Just so they won't worry, like think something was going on while I was over, you know, abroad. abroad I mean. Yeah, uh, I, I heard that a lot that, first of all, it felt like, okay, maybe we are into this for a week or two or three weeks, maybe, yeah, sure. until the virus spreads a little bit and then everything will be fine. We will go back to normal. But yeah, it turned out to be a lot different. And, a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's crazy, man. But uh, th thanks for sharing that with us. And uh, so how's the day-to-day uh, the -day -day life going right now, bro? You still, you able to get uh, Get some shots up now because I think everything's starting to open up pretty much. So I mean, how's yeah, life going in Dallas? I mean, even before they was opening up stuff, like I say, like I, you know, I, I, my name is, you know, what it is around here. So you know, I get in any gym I want to. Um, I have actually one of my big brothers went to uh, Baylor University, like one of the best players come out of there. He went to this high school, so we go. I go work out with him like Monday through Friday. You know, get up shots. Nice. So it's it, every day, the day-to-day -day life for me is just in the gym, man. In the gym, then I'm back home. That's it. 
But everything, everything is open back up yesterday. So the weight rooms and stuff like that is open back up. But I'm not really too much worried because we got the weight room at the gym, so I can knock that out and you know get my shots up. So uh, it's it's oh, yeah, cool. you good, you good. So for you, it's it's not affecting you. You just like it's whatever. It's just a, it's just another summer in the lab. Let's get it. I mean, I, I treat like a lot of people asking about how you dealing with it. I'm like, it really feel like overseas to me, just without basketball. Because my, I do the same thing overseas. Like, if I'm not practicing or if I'm not playing, I'm at the crib. Like, I don't really too much step out like that, you know, just because it's who I am. Like, I'll go out, but I'm a homebody. Like, I'm an introvert. So, it's like I'll be cooling at home. I chill, watch TV, you know, play the game sometimes, get on my computer. But it just feel like overseas to me. But once everything's opening back up and then, you know, you get to have your little runs and stuff, then, you know, everything could be back to normal. Nice. Uh, Renee, why don't you ask him about the uh, different countries that he's played in? I, I love when you do that part of the show. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, especially since we had Greg Logans here who played in, was it seven or eight countries? It's always interesting that uh, you already mentioned it's something you, you have a job that you love yeah. and also you get paid for it, of course, <laughs> for a job. And uh, somehow it's also something like... Uh, you 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 get you get to express to to uh, learn different cultures to visit countries, and to just have some type of um, cultural thing also. So yeah, yeah tell tell us uh, where, where have you been and what was probably um, for you the most cultural, biggest cultural experience in some country that you haven't uh, heard of before. Maybe something like that. Uh, well, my first my first year out of college, I played in. Kosovo, I mean, everybody knows Kosovo is like a third world country, so they're still, you know, impacted from when they were in the war. I played in Kosovo my first two years. I played in Romania for maybe like two, three months. Um, and then my past, my last two years, I played in Germany. I think probably the biggest cultural thing that I had to adjust to is living in Kosovo, just adapting to like the whole lifestyle like it's hard you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying like it make you just it make you just appreciate where you come from because like what those people deal with like i'm pretty sure a lot of people where i come from wouldn't deal with it like just the normal day-to-day -day life that they live is, is different so i think that was the biggest you know adjustment for me when i went there is just understanding like what they going through, knowing that it's a third world country, because I didn't know. I was just, oh, I'm about to go to Kosovo. It's it's a part of Serbia. I'm thinking, like, okay, it's gonna be a beach or something out there. But I get there, it's not that. So it's like, okay, let me, you know, re retract my mind to, you know, understand where I'm at and, you know, go about it like that. So Kosovo definitely was the biggest challenge for me. As far as like just whole culture That's thing. Crazy. How was it to play basketball there? I mean, uh, you obviously played in. It was like there's probably only one professional league, right? Yeah, I, I guess played I, a, I played in the super league. Mm -hmm. Um, like my rookie season, I, I was um, I led the, I was second in scoring. I was like 25. I was first in assists. Um, I was like 25, seven and eight. The basketball part is it's cool. The only thing is it's cold. Like when it get cold. It's cold. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's in the mountains. Most most of Kosovo is in the mountains, so it's it's especially in winter. And most seasons are in the winter. It's super cold. Yeah, I, I believe that. Then they don't and, have the heat on in the gym, so it's like 
No. You had to move a lot on the floor <laughs> to, get, <laughs> to get warmed look, up. <laughs> look, you, look, you was out there trying to get that triple double, dog. <laughs> it's cold, man. That was that was tough. That was tough. Okay, let me let me let me put this out there. First of all, I love your game, man. For real, a lot of people, you know, they don't understand that. You know, Nell's my guy. I've been riding with Nell from day one. And, um, you know, he told me that, you know, not only are you a great player, man, but you're a, a great teammate. And um, I need you to help me with this because there's a lot of dudes who think that they can just walk over to Europe and get paid to play ball, man. And I'm telling you straight up, like, man, you can really ball, bro. I know, I know you have the potential and the talent to play, uh, you know, here in Germany in the Pro A or, or the BBL or, or Euro League or whatever, man. I really love your game. I think you got the goods. But let's talk about that because most people think, okay, uh, I can, you know, I, I played in the uh, in the YMCA league and average thirty. You know what I'm saying? And now I I can I, I got that on I, I got videos of that on the ground. So now I can go get paid to hoop, bro. Like, please, man, let, let them know, dog. That if they come on across that water, that you're gonna be right here ready to tear that ass off. Hey, man, they come, they, they, come, they they come across the you know the waters. This island different. This island is different. <laughs> Oh my Talk side. your shit, buddy. Different, you know what I'm saying, and it's just like you, you, you gotta know like what you built like. Like a lot of people can say, "Oh, I'm, I can go scope 30, 40 in the league you playing in." I'm like, nah, because I know some dudes in Pro B right now that give Pro A, BBL players a run for their money. And like these dudes, I vouch for. I, I watch like because I watch film during the season. So it's like I'm watching. Like okay, Chris Hooper. Can play in BBL, can play in Pro A. That's my guy. Anil yeah. can play in Pro A. Oh, yeah. That's my guy. Like, yeah. those are just two people I can name off the rip, like, that are just like, I know. So it's like, when people say that, like, because I get, I hear it all the time, man. Oh, I can come overseas and I can average this, this. I'm like, oh, it's, it's, you can play maybe second, third, regionally and average that. But if you want to play for some money, you want to play with some high level competition, like, you're not gonna just come average thirty. Nobody finna give up thirty on you unless they just not guarding <laughs> you or they playing a zone. I'm like, no. So when people say that, I just I laugh at them like, cause it's 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 kind of disrespectful to the people that's actually overseas right now. You know, busting their tail to you know, busting their tail to score fifteen a game, and that's not that's not easy. So to say you're gonna score twenty five, thirty a game, it's you, your your brain is somewhere else. Especially exactly, bro. Exactly. And that's what I always say, man. You know, because my thing is, my thing is, I just respect what you guys do because I've been there. You know what I mean? I know what it's like to be 7,000 miles away from home. I know what it's like to be homesick. I know what it's like, like you say, you know, you, you played at UCLA and, you know, when you think about those arenas, you know, those are big, beautiful arenas to play in. And then all of a sudden you find yourself playing in even it's a whole like I'm real uh, I'm good friends with uh their head coach, Pat Elsie. And that's a yeah. cool environment to play in. But I mean when you walk in there, you're not phased. You know, you're thinking to yourself, like, hold on, bro, I, I was playing in big arenas like this when I was in high school traveling with AAU. So this ain't nothing to me. Let's do this. Definitely, definitely. That's 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 the mindset, really, you know. Cause like I didn't like I said I didn't play in front of twenty thousand, twenty five thousand. So playing in front of two thousand, three thousand is not nothing to me. It's just it's just another day, you know. It's just another day to go out and hoop. You know, sometimes you have your good games, sometimes you have your bad games. But at the end of the day, like I just go hoop every time. Like 
win, lose, or draw. Like I'm just I'm going out there hooping. I'm gonna put my best foot forward. I'm gonna give 110 percent, and whatever results come, that's what comes. Exactly. And man, let me put this out there for the listeners too. My thing is, I respect your game, bro. And it's like, you know, I don't want the people to think that someone's on here trying to be arrogant or whatever or cocky. No, it's not that. It's just confidence. That's the reason why you're getting paid to do what you do. You're a confident ball player. I tell people all the time, they say, hey, man, like everybody watched this last dance and everybody loves Jordan. And I played in that era. And I tell you straight up, and I would tell him there in the man to man. When I got that ball and got that little bunny hop in my brain, I'm trying to dunk on him and anything else under that basket. So there's a difference between being arrogant and being cocky. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And you're just a confident ball player, man. We appreciate you. Anything you want to add to that, Renee? No, uh, I highly agree with all of that. And um, I think there's also one, one thing we had that a few times already, uh, that you also have to adapt to uh, – the situation of being there. I guess it's not for everyone, especially when you have something kind of rough like you had in Kosovo. Uh, mm -hmm. You have to be mentally prepared to do that. It's not for everyone. You can be a great basketball player in the USA. You can uh, play great in Division One or whatever. Uh, but then when you go back, go to Europe, uh, you also, I mean, you spend probably 20 hours a day or even more off the court somewhere, probably yeah. alone. You don't know. You don't know before what happens to you. And uh, you have to deal with that. So you have to be prepared emotionally, mentally. I think that's also a big thing, uh, which is sometimes not um, mentioned. And you have to have that as well because you have been successful. You have played in Kosovo, you played in Romania, which which was definitely different to Germany, uh, yeah. just of the, the the way how these countries are. And uh, you have been through that, and you played successfully in all those countries. So I mean, you have accomplished that too. So it's great. Oh, definitely. So uh, what advice would you give that young girl or that young guy right now who's in Dallas working on his game? And, you know, we know that you got a name in Dallas. So, you know, when, when you're not around, they're talking about you and looking up to you and they want to play like you. What would you tell those young people, man, about uh, how, how they should chase their pro basketball hoop dream? What should they do? Man, see, seize the moment. Like, seize the moment. Like, put in, put in that work. You know, something like put in over – 10,000 hours into your craft, whether it's weight room, in a gym, studying film, like just, if you love it, put as much time as you can into it because once it's gone, it's gone. And like, I've, I, I've seen a lot of people that I know around here that, man, I wish when I was your age, I would've did this. Oh man, I wish I, I would've did this. And it's just like, you hear that and you be like, you don't want the, the generation that's coming up after you to, to feel like, oh, well, when, when I was 25, I should have, no. You 15 right now? Go on, prepare your mind to be a pro at 15. Yeah, Go on, yeah. train your body to be a pro at 15, 16, 17. Because these kids overseas that's playing on pro B team, they 17, 18. I had, I've, I've had that every year overseas where it's an 18, 19-year-old, and they looking up to me like, and you good, like, and I just tell them, like, y'all can be better than me, like, because you're seeing it, you're seeing it, you know, firsthand, like, what it takes to be a pro. So my only thing is when I tell kids, I just tell them, like, have fun with it, but love it, like, because at the end of the day, you only get one chance at it. If you blow that one chance, you, you, you might not get a second one. So it's just enjoying it, seizing a moment, and just, you know, doing what you got to do, putting in them, them countless hours to be great. Man, that's great, man. I, I appreciate you saying that, too, because uh, I always tell guys, man, that, 
you know, at times in my, in my plan is I wasn't a good teammate. I was, you know, I was cursing people out and, you know, I, I really wanted people to play as hard as I played. So it's good that you said that, man, because I know there's young dudes who are on your team. It doesn't matter where you were, if you were in swim or wherever you were. And I know those young guys, man, they look up to you. And uh, that, that was what impressed me the most, man. And Anel was like, hey, man, Joe, this dude, you know, he's not just a baller, man. He's a great teammate, bro. So, you know, man, salute to you, dog. Most definitely. Most definitely. Anything you want to add, Renee? No, it's great. It's great. Uh, you um, summed some that just up uh, very beautifully. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> I agree. We appreciate you. I appreciate, we appreciate you, bro. You know what I want to say. I'm just keeping it politically correct. Oh, yeah. You know, As always. Let, let, let these fools know, hey, man, there's people waiting on y'all over here, dog. You're not going to just come overseas and get paid the hoop and think you just no, no, be, no. Uh, you know, no, it's people mm. waiting on you, dog. Scott, waiting on you. I waiting on you. you waiting on you, as soon as you get off the plane, I'm there. <laughs> yeah, so, so thank you. Thank you for taking time to be here with us. Uh, to talk to us today and uh, yeah it was great talking to you great meeting you hey we we appreciate you dog and i guarantee you man once everything calms down once this uh you know the coronavirus the elephant in the room hopefully you know god willing it's just gonna go away and and wherever you playing ball at man yeah we're gonna pull up man me and renee pull up be your fan you know what i mean watch watch you get them fools buckets so so if you hear some drunk American, you know what I mean, spilling beers and, and going crazy, yelling and screaming when you're getting buckets, bruh, don't worry about it. I got you, dog. Most definitely. Man. I appreciate it. <laughs> okay, uh, my brother. You have a great day. Uh, you guys too. Peace.